We will, um, it's good to see you all here tonight. Thank you for being here. God bless each and every one of you. Uh, thank you for your time. And we'll allow John's intro to serve for our lesson tonight. Let's just go to God in prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to worship you. Separate is your name, Lord God, and we, and we praise you. We reverence you. We understand, Lord God, how great you are. We thank you for that understanding that you've given to us. We're thankful, Lord God, for the understanding of how great Jesus is. And we thank you for Jesus, your great son, who died that we might live. We thank you for the understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. We thank you, Lord God, for that understanding and praise and worship you, that our worship will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray, to be thy will. Amen. Revelation, please, chapter 1. Forgiveness. What if they do not ask? It's still forgiveness. What if they do not ask for forgiveness? First of all, forgiveness is not natural. It's a command, right? It's not a natural thing. It's not necessarily easy. But though it's, though it's uneasy, it's still mandatory, right? Uh, and so, how many times have you heard the question, if, um, if they do not ask me for forgiveness, do I have a responsibility to forgive them still for their sins? And then the first thing I want to think about with, along with that is, well, then I, we are supposed to be like God. Uh, God, uh, without a uh, reasonable a doubt and understanding, that God forgives a person if they what? Asks for forgiveness. We understand that. That's with clarity, Right. Uh, but here's a simple reality. This is what I want us to, to gain as a first, uh, I guess, precept, uh, or precept, should I say, uh, maybe more so, uh, premise. Let's do that, do it that way. A first premise is only God can actually forgive sins. So we need to get that clear first, right? So we're talking about, we're talking about a God-like attribute. We're talking about a God-like ability. Do I have the ability to forgive sins that are a, 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 if you will, acceptable forgiveness so that God would forgive the individual. Secondly, is it true that only God can forgive sins? Well, so we know it's clear that only God can forgive sins. Revelation chapter 1, uh, verse uh, 4, he gives us this release. Uh, John, to the seven churches uh, that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who was and who him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood. And he makes, and he made us to be a kingdom of priests to God, his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now turn to Hebrews chapter 10. So there's no question that, that God is the forgiver of sins. What we're trying to get an understanding of is this. Do I have the power to withhold my blessing of forgiveness from others and keep them away from the goodness of God? That's kind of what we're trying to get to. Hebrews 10 and verse 4. 
For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. So if, if bulls and goats and those sacrifices could not take away sins, why would I think for just a moment that I have the ability to remove sins? Let's just think about that for a minute. Acts chapter 2. If we choose to forgive a person for their sins, so let's say I decide, hey, you know, I'm going to forgive this person uh, because they've sinned, they've done wrong uh, toward humanity, uh, and I forgive them. That does not necessarily mean that God has forgiven them. That's important. So for the person, if you will, who is considered in the Word of God as a sinner, so a sinner is a person who um, who lives in sin. They walk in sin. They are not Christians. There is only one way for them to be forgiven. Acts 2 and verse 38. Uh, the Bible says, And Peter said to them, Repent, and let each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The only way for them to be forgiven is they have to come to Christ and surrender the waters of baptism. There is no other way. Well, what if I already forgave them? Well, it doesn't matter. That does not negate the only way for sins to be forgiven for an alien sinner. I am not a piece of that equation. That's important. Turn to First um, John chapter 1. The second category, if you will, of this idea of um, those forgiven by God would be those who are Christians who are not sinners, but Christians sin. There's a difference. It's a huge difference, right? So when y'all run around town, don't say, I'm a sinner like you. No, you shouldn't be. If you are a sinner like them, you got problems. We sin, right? We don't live in sin. We try not to sin. Okay, for the child of God who is living for Jesus, First uh, John chapter 1, verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, those are the rules and laws of God. So, there's no reason for a Christian to tell a, an alien sinner or someone who's not a child of God, just repent and confess your sins. That's not going to do them any good. For the person that's not a child of God, we teach them the plan of salvation. So, they become children of God. And there's no need for a Christian, a child of God, to go get baptized every time they sin. That's not the rule of God. You don't go get baptized every time you sin. Rather, we hear, believe, and we repent, rather, and confess our sins, and God is faithful. So now here's the next question, and this is kind of a tricky one, but we're going to narrow it down in a moment. Can a person be forgiven by God if they do not ask the forgiveness of the person whom they wrong? Well, Christians would normally say, no. And I would disagree with you on that. Okay? I'm going to prove to you why I disagree with you that, with that. The reason why they can um, have their sins removed regardless of me, right? It, it's not contingent upon me. Wait, I need to answer that. I need to, I need to go to that question again. Let me look at it again. Can a person be forgiven by God if they do not ask for forgiveness of the person they are wrong. I meant to say yes. <laughs> Forgive me. I'm going to read it one more time because I need clarity on this, right? Can they, I just got ahead of myself. Can a person be forgiven by God if they do not ask for forgiveness of the person they have wronged? And the answer is yes, they 
can't, I, I wouldn't have been able to prove the other one. <laughs> right? Remember the earlier premise. Only God can forgive sins. Only God can forgive sins. So let's think about this scenario. A child of God, maybe young, old, doesn't matter. The age doesn't matter. They're, they're living for Jesus. And they've wronged you tremendously. And I mean, it's a bad situation. But they don't care. Years go by. And they're haunted by their sins. And then they come to their senses. And they go to God and say, I have really messed up God, but I never saw it. I didn't know I was doing wrong. And then they try to look you up. Maybe they contact Jay Lee and say, Jay Lee, find these folks, right? Find them, help me, somebody, right? You contact your friend, you ask your friend, help me find this individual. And you can't find them. Or, or maybe, not only that, uh, you, you look them up and you find out they passed from this life. So if a Christian were to tell me, well, the forgiveness of that individual's sins was contingent on them making their life right with me, I would say absolutely not. That's not true. Maybe they tried to look me up and they couldn't find me, but they made their life right with the Lord. They are forgiven of those sins. They've repented truly of those sins. I'll give you a few examples. There's a ton of them in the Bible. Manasseh. Manasseh, the Bible says, shed more blood than any other of all the kings. And then Manasseh repented of his sins later in his life. He, he couldn't go back and make it right with all the people he executed. Right? His forgiveness was not contingent on making it right with all the people he wronged. How about the Apostle Paul? The Apostle Paul does not come to the Lord's church and God say, okay, now what I need you to do, Paul, is all the people that you have abused and are Christians and you have wronged, I need you to go make it right with them first and, and get it right with them first and then come to me and forgiveness. God never said that. What I'm saying this morning, uh, this evening rather, is that the forgiveness of the individual by God is not contingent on them getting right with me. Now the ideal situation is, they get it right with me before I leave or pass on. I get it right with you before I leave or you get it. Try to try to do the right thing. But my forgiveness, and I'm thankful to God for this, is not contingent on you. What if you refuse to forgive me? What if you say, brother, that you've gone too far and I will never forgive you? Well, that's on them. Because I can still make my life right with God. Sometimes we take these these ideas a little bit too far, right? And uh, and this has been an issue within the brotherhood sometimes. That sometimes, well, if they don't ask for forgiveness, I mean, ideally, yes. I mean, you you do have a responsibility. I'm not. And let me explain this for a moment. While we're here together, we have a responsibility to make it right, right? You you need to make it right. I'm not saying you don't have to make it right. I'm not saying we don't have to as Christians go and do all that we can to be right with not only. God, but be right with our, our fellow man. But what I'm saying is that your forgiveness is not contingent on the acceptance of the other party, the offended party. That's what I'm, that's what the Bible teaches us clearly. Because if it was contingent on that, there'd be a lot of Christians who wouldn't make it into heaven. Right? So here's what the Bible tells us. God commands us to forgive. Notice when God commands us to forgive, it doesn't say in there, forgive your brother if they have come to you and made it right. It says while you stand praying, forgive 
anyone who has offended you. He doesn't add in there a little uh, blurb that says, only if they've asked. That's not in there. Okay? And that's really important and critical. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. So, the point of the lesson this evening, and I'm going to show you the rest of it as we go, is this. Ideally, the ideal situation is, while we're alive, everybody makes it right. With God first, and then with humanity. What makes it easy is when you have faith to believe that God will never allow a person to get away with sin. But then it's kind of sad because if that's true, which we know it is, God's going to make you suffer. See, when I've sinned and I've done wrong, there are consequences for my actions. Like God said about Paul, I'll show him the things he must suffer for what he has done. Like the prodigal son, the father had forgiven him before he came home. That boy was out there suffering. He was suffering, right? We sin against God. That's first and number one. And we got to make sure we're right with God. When we try our best to be right with God, if we have sinned against an individual, we're going to go make it right. That's just kind of natural for the child of God. But if I refuse to forgive you for what you've done, that does not mean I cannot be right with God. Or the individual that sinned against me, rather. Cannot be right with God. Either you forgive. Here's what it really is. You really don't have a choice. I mean, forgiveness is really not even an option. Either you forgive or you slowly poison your mind and your heart. Because forgiveness really isn't for the other person. Forgiveness is for you. It's for me, right? Because if I don't, if I don't forgive the individual, then I have taken on the responsibility of carrying your burden with me. And when I carry you in my heart as a burden, something grows inside of me, this word called bitterness. I become the most bitter, cynical Christian probably you'll ever know. I begin to destroy myself from within. And I know that I cannot control the actions of others. But with the grace of God, by the grace of God, and with the help of God, I can control my own actions. So why would I walk around being bitter because of someone else's sin? I've got my own stuff to worry about. Right? Look at Hebrews 12 and verse 15. The Bible says, See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it many be defiled. No root of bitterness? Yeah, that's what happens. Bitterness begins to grow inside of my heart. Become bitter and angry at everybody, right? Because I've been wrong. Ephesians 4 and verse 31. Ephesians 4 and verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Where do you think that bitterness comes from? It comes from people. Right? And it comes from me allowing people to take my mind hostage. <laughs> I'm not going to let you do that. <laughs> right? Romans 12, please. There's a lot of room up there. I can take a lot of folks hostage up there. There's a lot of empty space. I don't need help. 
It is imperative that children of God make it right with God and with each other. But brethren, if you've been wronged by someone in your past, in your present, whatever it might be, don't wait until they come to their senses to get their lives right with God and with you before you forgive them. God says you forgive them while you're in your prayer. Forgive them before you approach God in prayer. Don't come to God with a bitter heart unless you're releasing it to him. Romans 12 and verse 17 Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends upon you, be at peace with all men. For us to uh, have a situation where we allow people to occupy the space in our minds, it means we're not guarding our hearts. I tell you a funny, this is not, I mean, this is a funny story now. Go back to Proverbs is where we're going, chapter 4. It wasn't so funny for the, for many years of my life. Uh, there was an individual years and years ago that, uh, I mean, I'm talking, when I say years and years ago, um, we're going back about 30 years ago. And I just, I just, I knew, for, I just, I just had, I had to, I had to talk to this person and say, man, I gotta tell you, I, I really want to say I'm sorry. You know, and uh, I just felt like I wanted to say I was sorry. And I finally got in touch with I actually never got in touch with him. I got in touch with him through another individual that I know. 30 years later, I couldn't find the individual. Finally, I found him 30 years later. And they were like, what, what are you talking about? And I was like, well, you know, 30 years ago, <laughs> I tried to explain it. It was like, what is wrong with you? That was ridiculous because in reality it was just a situation that uh, really, um, you know, was an easy one to forgive. Don't hold things in your heart, right? Don't hold them in your heart. It just slows you down, wears you out. If, if you wrong someone, just go get it right. If someone's wronged you, just let it go. Oh, I know, preacher. I know. You said, preacher, that's so what it's easier said than done. I never said it was easy. God doesn't even say it's easy. God just says, I command it. <laughs> That's it. Right? Verse 23. Proverbs chapter 4. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth, and put devious lips far from you. Let your eyes look directly ahead, and let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Watch the path of your feet. And all your ways will be established. Do not turn to the right nor to the left. Turn your foot from evil. God says, guard your heart. Right? Guard your heart. Not, don't harbor. Guard your heart. Colossians, please, chapter 3. Our Christian character involves or includes Forgiveness. And I want to talk to you in a moment about what forgiveness is not, so we can get this understanding here. Guard your hearts. Let it be a part of your character to forgive. Colossians 3 and verse 12 says, And so as those who have been chosen by God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, Gentleness and patience. 
bearing with one another, and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Brethren, you cannot fulfill this command if you're harboring bitterness in your hearts. I mean, think about it. Whenever you see the person that's wronged you, and and they haven't apologized, think about what your attitude is like. Our attitudes are like when we're around them. <laughs> we're not so happy anymore. We just, you know, oh, here they come. <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, when we're being honest with the text, Christians offer forgiveness purely because of the grace that God has given to us. Then we give to them. Right? Please, one more time. Verse 12. And so as those who have been chosen by God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. I want to talk about that word forbearing in just in just a moment. But we read earlier Ephesians chapter 4. Let's go back there again. And we read verse uh, 31. I'm going to read it again. It's, well, it's not going to be on your screen uh, because I want you to get verse 32. But I want you to see the context, okay? Verse 31 says, Let all bitterness and, and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. 32. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other. How? Just as God in Christ has forgiven you. So when you say to me, yeah, brother, but they don't deserve it, I'll say, neither did you. And neither did I. Right? As if we forgive people as God in Christ forgave us, then we have to say, well, wait a minute. I didn't deserve God's forgiveness. I mean, we say that openly about everything else. We know that's true. But when it comes to forgiving others, we'll say, wait a minute, that's not the same. No, it's exactly the same. We did not earn our salvation. They can't earn theirs. They can't earn your heart. You have to freely give it to them. You have to freely give that offering of forgiveness to them. You have to forgive them whether they come to their senses or not. That's what God's people do. That is the spirit of forgiveness. And even Matthew says in chapter 7, in verse 12, whatever you, you know, the golden rule, for whatever you want, want to do for you, so you do for them. For this is the law and the prophets, right? Matthew 7, verse 12. That's what God is telling us, that the law and the prophets is all about, it's all about forgiveness. It's all about, it's all about doing for others what you want them to do for you. I'd want them to forgive me, though they do not deserve it. Luke chapter 8. People fear this. They fear the offender uh, possibly is going to get away with some sin as if God didn't see it and God doesn't know it happened. And maybe that's the reason why we really don't want to forget. You know, we don't want them to get away with it. I mean, we would like to get away with it if we did it to someone else. But we don't want them to get away with it, right? So for that reason, I'm going to wait until they humble themselves and come to me groveling, 
Right? You ever heard that? You ever heard, well, I know they repented, but I don't, I don't like the way they said it up front. I don't know if it was true remorse in their heart. And we start reasoning out why they really shouldn't be forgiven. Right? God says, look, their forgiveness is not contingent on your heart. Right? I'm already going to forgive them because they repented. And now they've tried to repent. And just because you didn't like what they said, that does not hold them out of heaven. Forgiveness is not the same as forbearance. Forbearance is like you're going to put up, overlook, right? Put up with sin. You, you, you overlook. They're, you know, they're young and they have They need to grow in their faith. Um, uh, we're we're going to patiently endure the sin. No, that's not the same as forgiveness. Forgiveness is like that word pardon that we use, right? It's it comes back to that unmerited favor that God forgives us for things that we do not deserve. But forgiveness is not an elimination of all consequences. See, that's important, right? It's not an elimination of all consequences. Again, that's the point of the prodigal teaches us. The prodigal father had forgiven his son. The son still had consequences. A lot of consequences. And he was hurting and starving. And there were a lot of consequences. And then you look through the Bible, you'll find that Manasseh has some serious consequences. You'll find that Paul had some consequences. And you and I have had consequences. you find that Peter had con- Everybody has consequences. No one gets away with sin. Even when they're forgiven. Luke 8, verse 17. The Bible says, For nothing is hidden that shall not become evident, nor anything secret that shall not be known and come to light. It's not hidden from God. I mean, you know, was, you know, at least you have a text message and it's in all caps. I did that one time. I didn't even know I was doing that. I didn't, and I sent this letter and someone wrote back and said, man, what did I do to you? And I was like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what you're saying because I didn't understand texting that all caps means I'm shouting and I didn't know that. And so I was like, oh, I'm, I didn't, I'm sorry. I tried to explain that. <laughs> it, it, when we sin, God understands the context. Right? He knows everything about what we've done. He was, he was there, if you will, in essence. Psalm 90 and verse 8. Even Job says this, like God took all my sins and put them in a bag and maybe he released them uh, in the book of Job. In Psalm 90 and verse 8, God says all of our sins, every sin that we've committed, even our secret sins, right? You've placed our, 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 our secret sins, right? If you will, they're right there before God. No one gets away with sin. Right? So see, you, you can, you can forgive a person, whether they've repented or not. Even that secret sin that they've committed, even that thing you did, it was just the two of you. God witnessed it. And God will take care of it. But do you believe that? And here's something else about that. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 15. Something else about that is this. We have the right, the God-given right, it's not the right thing to do, but we have the God-given right within free choice to choose our sin. What we do not have is to choose the ability to choose our consequences. God chooses that. You don't want the consequence, don't choose the sin. I try to talk to, you know, one of our problems we're having probably in our world today is that young folks are committing adult sin and they can't handle the consequences, right? We can choose our sin, but we can never choose our consequence. There's a consequence for sins committed against God. 
and against humanity. Proverbs 15 and verse 3. The eyes of the Lord are in every place watching the evil and the good. And I'll tell you something about that verse. That God is watching the evil and the good in both of our hearts. Right? It's not just in the offender's heart. It's also in the offendee. He's looking at my heart too. Right? It doesn't mean... Turn to Second Corinthians chapter 5, please. It doesn't mean that the offense didn't hurt. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean there wasn't, there wasn't pain and sorrow and struggle and, and difficulty that came from this. It doesn't mean that. Forgiveness is, is not, it's not a feeling. It's a pardon. Okay? It's granting to someone unmerited favor. That's the part of being like God. Second Corinthians 5 and the verses 10, the Bible says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Here's what I, I pray never happens to me. I don't want to stand before God having not forgiven someone for some offense they've committed against me. Because then I'm going to ask God, God, will you please forgive me? And God will say, did you please, did you forgive so-and-so? Oh, I was working on that, Lord. Well, let me work on your forgiveness. I don't want that to happen, right? Turn to Matthew, please, chapter, chapter 5. Forgiveness is not a feeling. It's, it's a pardon. Forgiveness is, is not the automatic, um, restoration, right, of trust. You know, so, you know what I'm talking about, right? Some of the bad relationship issues go around and, and then I forgive you. That doesn't mean everything's restored, everything's perfect and hunky. It doesn't mean that. There are consequences. Forgiveness does not remove the consequence of the sin and the right of the one who has been offended, if you will. It takes a lifetime to build trust. And you can blow that. You can, you can tear that trust down in one day, in one instant, in one moment. Somebody said, if you bite me once, that's okay, but, you know, if you, if you come back again, I'm probably not gonna put myself out there, right? Cause the trust isn't quite there any longer, right? Doesn't mean I haven't forgiven you. It just means I'm kinda learning who you are. So Christians seek to provide mercy because we seek the mercy of God. Right? Jesus says in Matthew 5 and verse 7, He says, Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. So what's, how do you want to, you know, stand before God in judgment? You want to stand on, wait, God said, well, you sure were merciful. Or do you want to stand before God and God says, man, you just didn't have any mercy in your heart, did you? I, be merciful as God is Merciful. James, please, chapter 2 is the, is the measuring rod scripture that God has given us. You know, it's, it's that one thing that you say, okay, I, I want to be merciful because here's what, what I want to be. I want to be so merciful that in, in James 2, in, in verse 13, that this is what happens to me on judgment day. For judgment will be merci- merciless to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. I want to be merciful because I don't want to stand before God. <laughs> On judgment day and receive no mercy. I don't, I don't want that. Right? 
You say, yeah, but if I forgive them, then, then what? Then, then, brother, you feel better. If they haven't made it right with God, that's between them and God. Let God handle them. You handle you. I've got to handle me. I'm having a hard enough time handling me as opposed to handling everybody else in the whole wide world that's ever wronged me. I keep trying to forgive, someone says, but I just can't. I'm having a hard time letting it go. See, that's a faith issue. Because when you let it go, remember this morning, when you let it go, this is what you're doing. You're taking that burden, you're lifting it, and you're putting it over here, and you're saying, here, Lord, this is for you. And leave it. And know that God will take care of it. Have forgiveness in your heart. And you say, preacher, but you don't know. And I agree, I don't. All of us have some really bad things that have happened in our lives. Some of those things we've done to others, and some of those things have happened to us, and some of, of different degrees and different levels, but... It doesn't change what the Lord said. The Lord did not say, based on what they've done, He just says, forgive. The next thought is, I have forgiven them, but I'm still angry at them. Well, that's natural. It's an emotion, right? Work on your anger. Give it time. Work on your anger, but you still have to forgive. Right? Do not, remember, the Bible says, be angry, but what? Sin not. Don't sin. Don't allow your anger to bring you to sin. Now, I want to show you something back in Genesis. I know you know it, but chapter 50, I just want to show you something that, uh, just to remind you, when you go back and you read the life of Joseph and all the struggles he uh, went through with his family and all they did to him, if you go back and read, and you please correct me if I'm wrong, but Joseph's brothers never asked for forgiveness. Never. Now, one time, did they ask Joseph for forgiveness? Because they were so guilty, they were afraid to bring it up and say, well, we know we did you wrong. Now, they had a conversation, but they didn't know Joseph was listening to them about the wrong they had done. And now God's bringing back uh, on them what they've done, and etc. When their father died, listen again to what happened. Verse 15 of Genesis 15. When Joseph's brothers saw their father was dead, They said, what if Joseph should bear grudge against us and pay us back in full for all the wrong which we did to him? So they sent a message to Joseph saying, your father charged before he died, saying, thus you shall say to Joseph, please forgive. I beg you the transgression of your brothers and their sin, for they did you wrong. And now please forgive the transgression of your servant of God. The God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for I am in God's place. And as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many alive. So therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. So he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. But they never asked for forgiveness. Joseph could have said, I know you're my servant. God said you'd be my servant. I told you you'd be my servant. And yes, you are my servant. Now repent of your actions and don't blame my father. But that's not what he did. He exercised what God commands of all of us. 
forgiveness. I don't know if it's just, un, maybe it's unspoken. They ask for forgiveness. But as far as the record says, they never actually asked for forgiveness. They blamed it on their father. They said, our father, here's what he said. You need to forgive us for what we've done. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Verse 14 and verse 15. So again, the, the end. Do I have to forgive a person even if they never ask me to forgive them? The answer from the Bible is yes. There's a second part to that. And that is, if they make it right with God, can they be forgiven if they never make it right with me? Technically, the answer is yes. Because you might pass on long before they come to their senses. And their forgiveness from God is not contingent on them making it right with you. Now, what we like is the ideal picture. The ideal picture is they make it right with both God and humanity. And that's what we ought to strive after as children of God to ensure that the ideal picture is demonstrated or happens in our lives. But Jesus says, Matthew 6 verse 14, For if you forgive men for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. It's pretty simple. There are no hidden, you know, people say, well, if you go to the Greek, (laughs) you can go to the Greek. There's nothing hidden in there. It says what it means and it means what it says. And I'm going to close you out in Mark chapter 11 for emphasis sake. In the book of Mark, chapter 11, regarding the same idea of forgiveness. Must I forgive my brother if he sins against me? Yes, you have to forgive. All of us do. Mark 11, verse 25. The Bible says, And whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive your transgressions. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father who is in heaven forgive your transgressions. 25. When you're, when you're going to God in prayer tonight, before you say your prayer, get your life right with God first. Forgive. Forgive whom? Anyone which means every one, right? Everyone's ever wronged you. Oh, well, you know, when I was a kid, okay. Well, you know, my brethren, you got to find the forgiveness. And you know why we remember it so well? Because we haven't forgiven it, right? You got to work through it. You got to work through it. And remember what Joseph said, allow it, if possible, through the grace of God, to make you stronger, better than those who've wronged you. Better than them. Don't allow them to take your mind hostage and control you. They've already done enough. They're not worth your time. 
if they refuse to get it right with God and with you. With anyone of anything, forgive them and God will forgive you. The lesson's yours. It's a tough one. I expect us all to wrestle in bed tonight, tossing and turning just to get that forgiveness. Just to get that forgiveness. You know, there's that one. You say, well, you know, there's that one. I'm like, I know. Toss and turn tonight. Work it out in your bed. And ask God to help you to get through it. Only God can. The lesson is yours. Thank you for your time tonight. If you're not a child of God, there's only one way to be forgiven. You've got to come to Christ and surrender to him in the waters of baptism. There is no other way. There is no other way. We invite you to come. We'll sing a song in just a moment, but at your leisure, at the first moment that you have a chance, please contact us. Contact the office. Contact the elders. Let us know if we can pray with you or pray for you in any way. If you would like further study, we'd love to study with you. If there's anything we can do, please make it known. Um, God bless each and every one of you, and thank you for your time.